So it's Allison here. Um, it's a tragic day for the podcast. It really is. Um, Jeffrey lives for free agency in the sense that if you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know, what about this guy for this contract for like this position and this team happens at least like once or twice an episode. And Jeffrey just lives for that. Part of me, like part of me wonders if he doesn't actually like hockey. He just likes the contract talk. And with free agency here, boy's got to work. So uh, he's got today's Saturday. So he has to work this entire long weekend in Canada with a long weekend. Um, so sure. He's devastated. Um, and the worst part is he has to edit this podcast and it's double worse because we don't just have me. We've got not one, not two, but three guest hosts with us today. And Jeffrey's going to make this his life absolutely miserable. At least that's our goal. So uh, before we introduce our three guests today, or guest hosts, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, you probably know at least two of them. Um, they've been on before. Um, so let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So, three guests today. We've got Daniel. Daniel, have you been on the podcast before? No, I have not. I've heard uh, we had losers before. We had losers before, but uh, I'm back in action today to bring up the loserness of the guests. Oh, buddy, shots are fired right off the bat because we've got two returning guests. Anson? Can I just point out your intro was a minute and 30? This is our shortest intro we've ever Holy had. Your intro is like 20 to 30 minutes long. <laughs> Halfway through, then we go, oh, yeah, we're going to start the show proper. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm back. Oh, fuck, Jeffrey. Good luck. And all the way from the middle of Fucking nowhere. Kelvin? Kelvin needs to speak up. Can you tell he's not a pro at, at doing this podcast? Because neither am I. But I at least know we're going to make Jeffrey's life less miserable in the sense that we can actually hear Kelvin. So Kelvin's got to have to speak up. Um, so a lot in the hockey world this week, you know, Jeffrey lives for this week. Jeffrey really lives for like the last two days of, of the hockey week so far. But let's start at a little early. Um, we're going to go back to the draft and so Kings picked up Quentin Byfield instead of Tim Stutzel. I thought I'd go for Tim Stutzel, so I'm a little disappointed, but you know what? I'll take Byfield. You know, there have been rumors, I guess people are trying to hype up the draft a little saying that, you know, he may become the better player than Lafreniere at the end of this and that's probably not happening, but he is a younger player, center, Kings love their centers. I should have known this. Um, and I was a little surprised, but not as surprised as the hockey pundits. Um, because when Yarmul Kekalainen comes up on to the stage, the virtual stage, virtual stage, geez, I'm so excited about this, I can't even talk. Um, he goes up and picks Igor Chinikov. Um, I believe one of the one of the consider one of the teams had uh, one of the hockey scouting services had him at two hundred something. Which, you know, not great. I'll give you not great. 
Um, and they didn't have any picture, no bio, no stats on this guy. Um, could they have not traded down? I don't know. But Yarmulkek Land said he was a top 10 pick. We're going to have to defer this to a resident Blue Jackets fan. Anson, what the hell happened there? Is Anson even here? Oh, look at that. I muted myself. <laughs> I was shit-talking you the entire time. Um, I don't know. I mean, Lapierre was on the board. Uh, I mean, I saw a video of him. I saw a video of him, and he has a nice brister. But I don't know about going in the first round. He could have, like, traded down for, like, two seconds and still probably still picked him up. But, I mean, like, he it's not the same thing, but, you know, he picked Dubois over Puyarvi, and that turned out pretty well. So I'm just here for, the, for his <laughs> balls-to-the-walls ride. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, Anton or... or... Calvin, jump in whenever you feel like this is something you want to jump in about. I mean, like, I was already talking, but thank you. My bad. Calvin or Daniel. I don't, I am, you know, it's one of those days. But I don't know. Like, were you guys surprised or were you guys just like, yeah, you know what? what Igor Shinikov sounds like a great draft pick. Like, I couldn't have been the only one that was like, the fuck? Why wouldn't you take him in a later round? Like, you're pretty sure he's going to be available if Bob McKenzie is shuffling his papers at light speed, trying to figure out who this guy is um, for the first round. Like, surely you could have got him at least the third round, and even then that would be early, you'd say. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I was just saying there was like, yeah, like, you don't think you get, like, like the first thing I looked at was uh, The Athletic, because lucky enough, where I kind of, I, I guess lucky enough that I pay for it. <laughs> um, and I was looking at his Skyrim report, I'm like, Okay, like I guess he's got some good hockey sense and and like he's got a nice shot, but like you know, he's not the greatest skater. Um I feel like he's probably going to be in the KHL for a little while, and it seems like the Blue Jackets are like trying to clear up space, right? So like you want to bring in some youth, I guess. Anson, you might have deferred to you in this one, but like I mean, like you're really just trusting. But like I'm like Theo Fleury has always said, people pick players because they think later on they're going to get picked, right? They don't pick players because they're the best players. You think they're going to get picked by the time you get to pick again, right? So Jarmo Kekalainen is expecting that he's going to be gone by the next time he picks. Can I Can I just jump in? Go ahead. Quickly? Go for it. Uh, our uh, Igor Shinikov? Is nearing a three-year contract extension with the KHL. I mean, I hope there's an out clause. I really hope there's an out clause. I don't know. <laughs> but what but if not, is. then like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck this is. It gets in one of those picks where it's like, and I'm gonna borrow borrow a an, an, uh, basketball reference. He's two years away from being two years away. Like literally, if that's the case, <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. Ooh, I mean, like a couple years from now, there's like a pretty good chance that I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, if he turns out well, this is going to be like a fucking galaxy brain move. That is. And don't get me wrong, with Kekalainen, I feel like he does quite a few home run swings. Uh, yeah. Would that, be, he, would that be a wrong assumption? Yeah, it's it's like it's been the, it's been a really fun 18 months watching what he does. Fun or stressful? Both. It used to be just stressful. Now it's fun and stressful. 
That's rough. Okay, so I got to ask, how stressful is it? And can you explain to our listeners the whole Ryan Murray to New Jersey Devils trade? So, because on a perspective that I see, it's okay, you know what? Like, he's making a lot of money, and he's injured pretty often. But when he plays, he's a pretty reasonable player, right? Like, I get it, he doesn't play. But at the same time, like, he's probably worth more than a fifth, right? And if you're New Jersey, you know, if if he it's a pretty low-risk move. You know, it's a one-year deal he has left. If he does well, you flip him for more than a fifth. And, like, I don't get why they couldn't wait for this. Like, if we look at, like, there has to be a bigger play at hand, right? Like, it's not just this. Because, like, if we look at their cap friendly, like, we look at their, their cap structure and what it looks like, um, they have $13 million left. It's not like they couldn't, you know, keep them on board. And it's not like there's, like, a lot of prospects just, like, shoving up the bat shoving up the pipeline right like if he's injured all the time then i guess like you're looking at this as well you got to get some sort of return back but like there's not a lot going up the pipeline so i, I don't fully understand why unless there's a bigger play for like a petrangelo like we'll talk about petrangelo a bit with the, with the whole vegas situation because I, I gotta go on a little rant there but can you explain this to us a little bit anson oh it's a 4.6 i thought it was 4.9 oh Okay, it doesn't really matter, really. Um, okay, so I'm guessing, I'm just fully assuming. So if you look at our defense like depth chart, it's like Seth Jones, Verinsky, first line, okay. Um, and then you got Savard and uh, what's his name, Gabrikov, second line. Like that's that's top four. I guess locked in. Okay. I guess it's like you don't want to pay a third liner, like your third line defense, 4.6, 4.9, whatever the cap hit is. But like a fifth is a bit low for me. I think like a third and a conditional fourth or something, you know, that kind of thing would have been like, would have been kind of what I was expecting. But like at the same time, I, if he wants to like re sign Dubois, like say today for some reason, and then just do what he does and like offer sheet someone that could totally happen. I mean, I guess, yeah. And maybe you're right. Like Daniel, like, what do you think? Like, I, I don't know for me, like it's, and it seems like this is like not a bad move and I feel like it's a pretty bad move. So I guess you need to be a tiebreaker. Where does he fall in here? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that fifth is too low for, for like a defenseman, the way they tend to go at the, at the trade deadlines, like if you had every intention of moving him, then you could move him, you know, at the next trade deadline for one of those those rental things that seems to get you like two seconds or something much higher, um, as opposed to basically trading away his contract uh, for nothing, uh, which I don't know, in my opinion, seems to be more valuable than most players these days are the contracts that they that they have and just getting rid of. Contracts that don't fit for a third line defense or a third line forward uh, in the four or five million range. Well, speaking of players that don't fit with their current teams, anytime I can talk about the Kings, you know I'm going to jump on that chance. <laughs> so it seemed like the Kings traded a second round pick, so the 60th overall, 
right when they're about to draft for Elias Anderson, the former seventh overall pick, which I know the Kings loved and wanted to draft. And I love this deal. I mean, like, I, I know the, the other guys are probably rolling their eyes around. I'm like, oh, my God, no one cares about the Kings. But I absolutely love this pick. You know, you need to, you know, it, seemed, it always seemed like he had the talent. And it just seemed like, you know, he lacked a little bit of that maturity there. And the Kings scout, one of the Kings scouts is actually Elias Anderson's dad. So, you know, it's more of like a, hey, son, get your shit together and, like, calm down type of situation. And, he, like, there's definitely a situation where people are like, hey, you know what, he's super talented and, you know, we can probably slot him in. But, you know, my whole thought when I was doing seeing this draft was, like, okay, so this is 60th overall. They announced this then. You know how, like, sometimes Zoom calls drop off? So in this case, Kelvin being in the middle of nowhere, his internet just died. So that's why we haven't heard him speak in a while. What happens if, like, they're just, like, about to do the trade call and the Zoom call drops off. And now by the time it gets back, you're unable to make a pick. And now you can't, like, yep, you couldn't make the trade go through. Now you're just like scrambling, like, I'll take so-and-so instead. Like what happens then? Like, do you have to rejig the trade or you're just like, you're fucking screwed. We're not doing this trade anymore. I don't know. That's my first thought there. That was my only thought. Um, and I feel like unless Daniel and everything really jump in here, anything else for the draft that will intrigue you? Or do you want to just jump right to free agency? That same thought, actually. I have a conspiracy theory for oh, the least buddy, draft I pick. Oh, buddy, I love these. Yes. I'm, Jeffrey I, never lets I, me do these. Yes, please. Well, there you go. Uh, that's that's why he's not here. <laughs> so we can do whatever the heck we want, can't we? Um, but uh, the, the Leafs draft pick, it looks so unorganized uh, in the first round. They're like, hey, uh, we, we, we going to pick anybody? Or uh, maybe they had the trade in the works. Because like the guy they pick seems to make no sense, and just go oh, okay, let's let, let's go with this guy. Um, and, and they were like in after the clock, even asked by by the nice man, Mister Bettman, if they wanted more time. Um, so I, I gotta defer to you. So what do you mean by is like this guy here? Like why was he rated lower? Like why why did you get the vibe that it was just you know what what the hell? Yes. Uh, it's uh well I I think he fits beautifully in with the rest of the team being a small skilled winger uh, seems to be the only position we we have tons of um, and I'm happy we we now have even more um, so that's <laughs> I, I know most Leaf fans myself included want more defense um, because that's <laughs> and thank goodness for the free agency otherwise we'd still be salty about it um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think he fits anywhere into the puzzle piece unless <laughs> Mr. Dubious has a has a greater plan. Well, that's a perfect segue into our next to the next thing we want to talk about, which is free agency. Um, I guess since you brought it up, defense, Leaf sign, you know, um, I'm blanking right now. T.J. Brody, four year, five billion deal. And just before we start talking, this, I want to preface this: we're not going to talk about every single signing. Jeffrey will cry. I will watch a grown man cry if he has to edit like a seven hour podcast of us going through every single signing. So I just picked like 10 ish that I was like, yeah, I kind of want to talk about these. Um, and kind of just was like, look at me, I am the captain now. And kind of just decided I'm talk, talk about these. Um, I guess the first question is like, okay, cool. You've got a really nice defensive core of Riley Brody as your first pair, Muzzin and Hall, second pair, which I think is really, really underrated. Uh, and your third, I guess, will be like Dermot and Lilligren. No, uh, no, no, no. Let Lettinen, what's his name? Lettinen Sandine. Lettinen Sandine, but what about Dermot? 
Rick Dermott. Uh, no, no, he's you're right. Dermott's probably the like the shoe in for the third pair, and then it's uh, basically a play in for all those that last spot between yeah, like Lilligren, Sandine, Lettinen. I think I think it's Lettinen, whatever his name is. I, I can see it being Lettinen just because you signed the guy. You, you know, the guy probably didn't plan to come here to play in the AHL, kind of a la Andreas Borgman, right? Like I get it. Um, so Jeffrey will tell you. Jeffrey was here. He'd tell you. Dermot plays left-handed, so they would pair him up with a right defenseman. That's where I'm like a little unsure, just because Lettinen does play left. Um, I know there were some talks that Dermot would probably play right, so that kind of would give some credence to the whole Lettinen playing third pair at a nine-two-five. That's not that's not terrible. Um, so I, I think it's pretty obvious that Callie Rosen is either going to be seventh D or sent down. Daniel hates Callie Rosen. <laughs> oh, he was. <laughs> He is one of my least favorite players just from watching Marley's games and pointing out to uh, to my girlfriend who watches not much hockey. You know, hey, which which is the worst player on the ice? Just uh, immediately can follow Callie Rosen around the ice. Callie Rosen is an absolute gem. Um, he so is not. He's an absolute yeah. gem. And I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing Sandine's gonna gonna be in the AHL, right? You're not gonna let the guy like simmer as your 70 and sit there if he's not playing. Um, but so it's a pretty good defensive core. Like, I think we all three of us agree. As much as I, you know, like to mess around with the Leafs and um, Anson is a Blue Jackets fan. So Muzzin, you know, Riley, Brody, Hall, uh, Dermot, and Lennon and or Lilligram pretty solid core but how the hell are they gonna afford them so they are already over the cap right um yeah they're already which i know jesus christ they're already over the cap um and they still gonna sign travis dermott and i think Ilya mckayev just agreed to go to arbitration so no offer sheet um so where are you gonna find savings for them like you just signed wayne simmons and you said you needed them to be, you know, stronger and tougher, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna put Simmons in the AHL because he's got no moving clause. Um, like, there's not a lot of contracts you can really bury. I guess you send down Nick Robertson. You can send down Callie Rosen, right? Callie Rosen is a special, young, special player, and he deserves the AHL. But yes, you're gonna send him down. Um, that brings you up to what? You're still a over the half. cap. I think you're still over the you're cap. You're still over actually. the cap. I think they're over the cap by about a million and a half. So, and you haven't signed Dermot or McKay yet. Like your defense core, like you're kind of at seven, right? Like you're at seven when you sign uh, when you send down Rosen and sign Dermot. Le- the Leafs have a, twelve players, twelve forwards. If they don't send down Robertson, um. Do they? No, they don't. So, I mean, like, you, you just signed Alexander Barbanov, too. So, so like, he's coming up. He's not just chilling in the AHL, either. Right? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm looking at Cap Friendly. They have 11 signed right now. No, 10. Oh, they have 11 signed. Sorry. So, they'll have McKayev, they'll have 12. So, McKayev um, is 12, but, like, without him, it's 11. If you send out Robertson, it's 10. Yeah, and I'm assuming you're going to call up Barbanov because, like, you just signed him from the KHL. 
Oh, sure. I guess. I don't know how much that is, but sure. That's nine twenty-five. So it's similar to a Miko Lettinen type of thing. Okay. Um. So the nine twenty-five. It's not a lot of wiggle room. So is Andreas Janssen gone or Alex Kerfoot gone? Because <laughs> let's be honest here, your your one C is Tavares or Matthews, and your two C is the other one, right? Your three C is probably Barbana. Oh, no, Barbana's a winger. Your three C is probably Kerfoot for now. Kerfoot, but unless you get rid of Janssen. And then your four C is Spezza, I think that's given. But if you if you get rid of Kerfoot, because supposedly a standard has more value, which I agree, then do you bump up the Spezza to your third line? I'm just saying because I'm looking at I'm like I'm looking at cap friendly and it's like who can play center? Uh, Angval, Spezza. Angval's yeah. not a bad four C. Yeah, if you want to like throw in the pizza man up top to the third. But like putting Spezza on a contending team as a as a third line center, that's a bit of a hard sell for me. That is a very hard sell, and that's why I'm like maybe it's Johansson. But at the same time, you really don't have a lot of players that are like Janssen, maybe like a Hyman, but you know, you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting with this? Yeah. I think Janssen's certainly the one that could bring more potential in a trade value, um, maybe more so than Kerfoot uh, in the way they launched Kapanen. And I think that deal went pretty well for the Leafs then perhaps Janssen could get maybe not the same value, but but similar value in terms of assets and relieving cap space for another, you know, 700 K guy from the, from the Marlies or. But here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I feel like they're, they're going to get rinsed in a trade. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Like Kaplan deal worked out, but not every GM is Jim Rutherford. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like teams are going to see this and be like, well, I'm just going to rinse these guys because they need, they're in cap hell. Right. Like, like I think another example was looking at go- the Golden Knights, where everyone's like, "They're gonna sign Petrangelo. They're gonna sign Petrangelo." But like, if you look at their cap structure, like it's absolute hell. I mean, I I like the the way they're approaching it. Just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, like so they have a mi- one point eight million left. So unless Petrangelo's like, you know what, I will sign a one point five billion dollar deal. <laughs> That's not happening, right? Like, if like lucky enough, they don't have any of their existing players left to sign. They don't have any RFAs, like no. major RFAs. Um, but they're all spending twelve million on goalies, and everyone's just like, "Well, they'll just get a flurry. They'll just get rid of flurry." Well, the rumor is it's going to cost a first and a second, and for them to retain half the salaries, three point three point five million, yeah, to get flurry. And I'm thinking, well, okay. The problem, the thing they're probably going to do is going to be like, well, they're just going to sit around and wait for this goalie carousel to go through, and whoever didn't get anyone in the carousel will be like, well, here you go, have a flurry. But at the same time, GMs are going to be like, nah, I'm good. I'll I'll take two firsts or whatever. I'll take a first, and like your top prospect. Okay, say Carolina right now. They have like Reimer and uh, what's Mrazic? Mrazic, yeah, Mrazic, yeah. I don't know who's left on the on the on the goalie market, but like, if if they don't, if you know, say everyone comes out the shelves and they have no one else to pick, which is, I don't know who's left because Grice just signed this morning, 
with the with the Detroit. Um, yeah. Wouldn't they like? I'm just gonna jump on like my team. Wouldn't they like approach Yarmo and be like, "Hey, how much for Carpercello instead of going to like Flurry or like Vegas and Flurry and go like, "Hey, uh, I'll take him off your hands." Like, would he be your first choice if you're like Carolina or something? Well, I mean, like, here's the thing, though, right? Like, if you're a rebuilding team, like, let's say you're the, I don't know, you're, it would never be the Kings because we already have um, John Quick. But, like, the, ar- the argument's there, right? A rebuilding team be like, look, I really just want to stockpile picks. And let's be honest here, I probably have to give up something to get a guy like Reimer or Razik, or I can pick up some picks and some prospects if I just take on this contract. Senators. Right? <laughs> Okay, Sanders would never do that because they're like $7 million. That's a no for me, dog. Um, and we also just spent 6.25 per for Matt Murray. Um, like, I can see, like, the Red Wings or something like that being like, we will take it for picks. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like you probably just have so much, like, left over, right? Because, like, if you look at their goalies right now, they got Bernier and, you know, and Grice, right? So, like, you, I guess maybe this is not a good piece. Like, there's so few teams that would actually be able to take on a flurry deal. And like, there's not a lot there. And everyone's just like, well, they're going to sign Petra they're going to sign Petrangelo. The moment, like the moment they say we're going to sign Petrangelo, the price for taking off flurry's deal just went up like a rocket. Right. Cause like teams are like, well, they got to get rid of 7 million and either they get rid of a bunch of players or, or you go in one swoop and you just give us a mark on their flurry. Cause like, Let's be honest here. They could bring back as their backup uh, Columbus Blue Jackets prospect Oscar Dansk, former prospect, as their backup, right? Like, that's a oh, yeah. good enough backup, right? Like, so they have, they don't really sign a goalie, but it's like, let's say you're a G, let's say you're Cal Duke, not Cal Duke, but let's say you're, a, you know, NHL GM and you're like, oh, they are cutting it close. They're running out of time and they really need to get rid of $7 million. And they really need to get rid of Flurry. I'm gonna take advantage of that, right? Yeah, no, sounds like there's some dead air there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, sure, like if you're Vegas, you'd want to obviously get rid of Flurry, um, but the the number of buyers would be so low. Um, but if you are Carolina, you know, you you don't want to be rolling out Optimus Rhyme. Uh, when you have like a half decent team out there that uh, you know they can make the playoffs they got the right pieces in place that you know why not go for a goalie for basically free and you'd probably get some picks as well um but wouldn't do you that not be feel a win-win? Optimus rhyme is probably a solid 1b at this time like he does what he needs to do yes absolutely at a reasonable <sighs> contract too is he is he though like uh, like he's a good like you said, like 1B, but you know what? I think Carolina's got a better team than maybe people give them credit for. Um, but here's the thing, though. $3.4 million. I started to catch you off there. At, you know, $3.4 million. I mean, as your backup, like 1B goalie, that's probably as good as it comes. Wait, but... Right, like... Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes. Sorry to cut you off. Um. <laughs> ah. Okay, so if they take on Flurry, say for seven or three point five, whatever, but they still have Mraznik signed for this season for three point one two five. How are you gonna? 
play goalie carousel with uh, these three guys if you're Carolina. Well, I mean, yeah, like you probably have to like make it a more complicated deal and probably trade one of the other goalies too, right? Like that's probably part of it. And there's not many like rebuilding teams necessarily that could use a goalie, Buffalo, but um, yeah, Jersey as Crawford. Um, who's rebuilding right now? I mean, why not the Senators? I guess they got Andreas Nilsson the back as your backup. Uh, what what the fuck is his name? Melnick would have a stroke if. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. James Reimer is only due eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, two and a half million is a signing bonus, and that's been paid out. Oh, signing bonuses have been paid out. I don't know what you do with with Nielsen because he's making two point four million cash this year. There's zero signing bonus. So you know, I'd have to. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this. There's probably a different way of doing this. But Reimer's not owed that much cash left. No, you're right. He's very, very valuable. Yeah, especially with so many teams having internal budgets this year. Like, you know, it's not a bad thing. So, like, you know, one team I'm, I'm wondering who might be interested in a James Reimer is the Anaheim Ducks. You know, they only have John Gibson. They don't have a backup. If And we know that they are running on a internal cap. $850,000 for your backup. It's pretty solid. Because you remember, you're spending six point six million on the buyout of Corey Perry this year and the next two years. Oh, they bought him out. That's what happened. They oh, bought him out, so they they're paying six point six two five for two more years, and uh, you have yeah, one yeah. backup right now. You have Anthony Stolarz, who is NHL quality when he needs to be, but Gibson's you know injury history, Rams injury history, you know it's not great. So would they be interested in a guy like James Reimer? I don't know. Like, uh, they're over the cap right now. They are. They are over the cap. But I mean, Carolina's got cap space, and their head coach is Dallas Eakin. They've got cap space, right? Like Carolina has still has seven million, seven almost eight million. So they could probably absorb, you know, I don't know, you like a lower, like a cheaper player. Like this is where Jeffrey would jump in and be like, "What about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy?" Just like a ravenous dog. <laughs> Sorry, Jeffrey, I love you. Um, but I'm wondering if you know they could use a goalie. Like, I don't know. Um, but we kind of just strayed a little too far. So I'm gonna just drag us back a little bit here. Um, so speaking of Petrangelo, which is where it came from, Tori Krug signing his deal, the seven-year deal. See, apparently, it seems they took Petrangelo's camp by surprise. But that kind of just, you know cements the fact that he's not coming back to St. Louis, right? 100%. Yeah, they've already found the replacement uh, for their, uh, I guess, for what they would need more of, which would be, I guess, offensive defensemen and just a just a stud at the back end. Um, I kind of thought the first domino to fall, though, would have been Petrangelo, and then everybody else would sort of follow suit afterwards. Um, and I'm I felt like the same would have been said for for forwards with Taylor Hall, but uh, yeah, I'd say certainly they've. That's the end of the Petrangelo era in St. Louis. I mean, like when you look at it, like that's probably the end. And yeah, that's the first thing I saw too, Anson. 
Justin Falk, holy shit. He's got seven more years left at six and a half million dollars. Like on cap friendly, it's like uh, he signed for at least 2027. 20, so I'm just like, go, Jesus Christ. And this is a guy who had 16 points last year. <laughs> like, he had a insane amount of money, like literally. At the end of the day, this is the end for Petrangelo, right? Like, he's going to go. And, like, for me, I guess the big thing is I really don't know where he can go. Because, like, the, the vibe I get this year is that, like, teams are operating on a lower cap. Like, the cap's stagnant and everything. There's no, like, bump like there usually is. But at the same time, players are just getting signed like there's, like, it's any other year. Wouldn't he fit? Like perfectly into Boston. Boston is the one name that has been being brought up as this kind of like a replacement for Tory Krug, right? Yeah, like it's sort of a, a, you know, a trade but with more steps. But it seems like now you know that's where their hole is. Is you know every year Mister Char is is older, and uh, you know you, you lose your defensive aspect uh, apart from Mister McAvoy and and Carlo, but. Uh, I don't know whether Petrangelo would run their power play necessarily, or maybe they, they're going to give that to, to fake Gretzky. Um, but it, that seems to be the, the fit where they, you know, have the money and that's, I guess with losing crew, that seems to be their, their hole. But aren't they like also rumored to be like aggressively after Taylor Hall right now? I mean, they have the amount of money that I think Ed, I think it's just throwing anyone on the board there, right? Like Taylor Hall, I think the two teams, the team that I actually think is a dark horse is Colorado, just like a nice two year, like $18 million contract or something like that. Just some ridiculous number. I mean, like they have the cap, they need, they have the need, you know, like I'm wondering if Taylor Hall slides in there. I don't think he goes to Boston to be honest. No, I don't think he goes. Nasty. Like, imagine the line of McKinnon, Rantanen, and, like, I don't know, Taylor Hall. Someone's going to play on their offside. Why can Colorado and this fucking other guy? So, yeah, while Anthony looks at Cap Friendly up in Colorado, that team is disgusting. They, don't, they have a lot of money left. They don't really have anyone who's going to suck up a lot of money. Like, Tyson Jost isn't making them a bunch of money either. Zadarov, not that much. Yeah, Zadarov is making nothing. Graves is missing nothing. Oh, he's, he's the Chuskins on our, has is not going to make much. He got seventeen RFA. million. Like all these, all these guys are RFAs, but like they're not going to yeah. pay them more than three ish, four. Like if you want to be an absolute mad lad and just destroy your cap structure, there I could see a possibility where they sign both Hall and Petrangelo. How much money they have left? A lot. <laughs> yeah, like it'd be really hard next year when. When Campbell Carr has to get RFA, like where you talk to these guys and be like, you know what? We'll give you seven and a half for a short term contract, win a couple cups, and, uh, you know, get yourself another payday before you, while you're still in your prime. Like, Landeskog is up next year, like after this coming season, but that's so is Grubauer, but that's like. Yeah, next year will be an absolute mess for the cap if they did something like this. Don't get me wrong. Absolute mess. But. They could do it, just absolute mad lads, and be like seven and a half million. You know, two years, fifteen million dollars. Take it or leave it. Win a couple cups. Just imagine this Ford pairing here. 
They used to have McKinnon for another three years. That's stupid. That deal is stupid. That deal and Gibson's deal is ridiculous. Gibson signed for like another 20 years at this point. I can't even see yes, when it ends. $6.4 million. And apparently $6.4 million for goalies gets, gets you basically Jacob Markstrom. Yes. Okay, you know what memory is? How the hell did, did he somehow get us? I mean, like, we'll talk about even, an even crazier contract in a bit, Anson. Um, but how the hell did Matt Murray get 6.25? And, like, let's be honest here. If you look at how that cash structure, how it's structured for cash, like, he's not, he's not going to, like, last the entire contract, right? Like, a cash-rich team like the Leafs are just going to get him instead. Like, if you look at the cash structure, I think he gets paid $4 million this year, $6 million next year, 7 and then 8 Eugene isn't paying eight for a guy who's capped at six two five. Like that's just not the Eugene way. But like, what? Why Matt Murray? You had these chances to sign Carlson, Hoffman, Stone for you know reasonable amount of money, and then you dump all of it into Matty Murs. I mean, I don't think Carlson and Stone were going to sign for six two five though. Yeah, but it's like not much more than <laughs> than that number, you know. It's for a for a guy that for for guys that played there in Ottawa, huge fan favorites, been there their whole or like a good chunk of their career previously, and like why why is the time to dump money into into Matt Murray? Hey Daniel, do you hear that? Do you hear that, Daniel? It's Borokop calling, being like, "I'm a fan favorite. I wanted two million dollars on a." For two years, and Eugene said no. <laughs> Eugene, maybe Pierre Dorian said no, but the Sen said no on a four million dollar contract. He's a fan favorite. They turned around. They gave Shabbat an eight year deal. Yeah, so like I, I don't, I don't think it has to do with that. Like I, I don't know. It's just like it's just a big question mark. I, like maybe they wanted a younger goalie. I think, I think they just want to kind of trend down, like go younger after they didn't make the final. And then the best way was to just fire sale. Okay, but if they do want to trend down, why the hell do they pay for Erica Branson? They like I get it. He makes I think less than his cap hit. <laughs> but he he makes he makes less than his cap hit, I'm pretty sure. So I mean like that's a that's a Eugene intrigue right there. Makes three million this year. Um save a million dollars. But at the same time, like they they gave up a pick. To get a guy who can't skate, plays a stay-at-home style um, that really is being phased out in the NHL. Had ninety-one penalty minutes, uh, sorry, ninety-five penalty minutes on fifty-one games last year with nine points. I am sorry, what? When they were like, they got traded for a fifth. I was like, oh, cool. What's what's the Suns giving back a sixth? No, they gave up a fifth from. What the hell was that? <laughs> he can't. He he doesn't skate very well. Like I mean, everyone knows that. Doesn't play much offense. If you look at his advanced stats, oh, that's just a train wreck on its own. Oh, geez, a lot of RFA's. Holy shit! Especially when you draft like a like they must have known going in that they were gonna pick uh, pick their pick their uh, Sanderson on defense. Uh, you know, because he, he was a bit of a like not not a long shot, but he wasn't the 
preferred or the the obvious choice where they took them. So if you're already gonna kind of fix that spot next to Thomas Shabbat, why, why are you getting another Nikita Zaitsev? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dana's oh, getting PTSD that. flashbacks right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping this Lettinen dude's not. Uh, well, you know, actually, I am hoping Lettinen's a bit like Nikita Zaitsev, just ideally not on the top line. I mean, like, I think Zaitsev is is good enough, just not on that contract where they tried to like buy him down like quickly. Where it's like, you know, we'll just buy you straight to U of A. Right? Like, I think nine two five. Honestly, there's not a lot of expectations. I think if he's just serviceable, if he's half of Cali Rosen, <laughs> uh, Lou Lamarillo signing before he left, he was like, by the way, I'm just gonna do this before I dip. So I'm just gonna screw up your structure for a couple years before I dip. Should have given him the C too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Lamarillo move, wasn't it? He like signed him to like the seven year contract, and then like two months later, he was like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna go go to uh, Islanders. See you guys." Same with Marlow, man. Like uh, he must have known he was going. He's like, "Oh, let me just grease them before I leave." Just burn the house down a little bit. Oh, and it worked. <laughs> um. So, I, I don't know. Like, that's a big, that's a hard one for me. Like, I looked at, it, I was like, I maybe you just try to need to go to like the cap floor. And if that's the case, then like, just hop on our Twitter at bop underscore pod. Last week, Jeffrey made the Jeffrey. I think one of these weeks has made the all Eugene Nolan team well players who just make less than their cap floor. Um, so just a quick plug there. But yeah, I have no clue what. Like, maybe you want a, a leader to just like you know protect your guys but like i feel like four million dollars for that is a lot of money remember they're paying almost five million dollars in buyouts this year 3.6 for bobby ryan 1.35 for dion Phaneuf. they're almost paying five million for buyouts yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know like this is like and it's not like you don't have players that aren't ready. Like if you have, if you look like Eric Brandstrom, I feel like Eric Brandstrom's probably ready. You know, he played thirty-one games last year in the NHL. NHL had four points, but in the AHL in twenty-seven games, he had twenty-three points. Like he's probably ready. It's not like you don't. You're desperate for de- defensemen, and like, yeah, you can say they have a lot of picks. I don't like. I get it, but like, I feel like there's probably better uses for your cap. And that's weird coming from me to say about the auto centers. Like I, it's also, but I shit on the auto centers a lot. Um, but it, I think going back to the Matt Murray trade, I was just like, I guess, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's one of those picks where you're just like, I guess, you know what I mean? I like, you can do what you want. Like, but like, I, I don't know if I agree to that. Right. Like you gave up a second round pick, but there's so many guys left in free agency. Exactly. When you see the goalie roulette that occurred, you know, the, the days out, the days following, I want to pick one of those, you know, not, I, I mean, you wouldn't even call them tier two. There's lots of, you know, starting goalies that go for about 4 million. Anthony, you want to jump in here? Could it just be like the guys on the market just don't want to go to Ottawa? So they're like, we don't have, we don't, like you know what I mean? Like there are there are few agents. They don't ha- like Cam Talbot went to Minnesota. It's like he what if Dorian just phoned Talbot? It's like you want to hit his door, and he just gets like a dial tone. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, no, I can I can see that. <laughs> they're pretty. Like, they don't have to do like he he could have just in the first hour called every goalie and they're all like sorry no. <laughs> and then he's just like by like I don't know hour three hour four he was like Matt Murray here's your contract dude see you later. I mean like if you look at this year like the goalies available, who's still there? I think Corey Crawford. Nope. Devils. No. Dallas. No. Devils. New Jersey. New Jersey, Double. New Jersey. Thank you. Um, like, I guess you could say there's not a lot of guys left, right? You got Corey Schneider, Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard. I mean, like, yeah, if you look now, there really isn't a lot of guys left. But, I mean, at the start of free agency, you had guys who could come and, you know, if, and you may not be able to attract a marquee, like a very popular agent, like a Henrik Lund, who's trying to win. But for a guy who wants playing time, like a Cam Talbot. Talbot, Holtby. Holtby, Mike Smith. Even you know. Kudobin. Uh, I don't know if you, you want to commit one. a four-year deal with Kudobin. I feel like Kudobin, you'd have to commit a four-year deal or something like that, though. Where's or like a Thomas Grice. Like these guys, like, to, like a guy like Thomas Grice who just wants to play, like get yeah. like, good playing time, right? Like, okay. I don't so, know. I get, like, at the same time, like the argument I'm, I'm trying to make is for a team that's always seen they're trying to rebuild, you need picks and you gave up a high pick but at the same time you could say well all these guys that we mentioned are a bit older and in the pipeline for the centers there really aren't that many like marquee goalies you could say maybe philip gustafson but philip gustafson needs time like he's he wasn't even playing the shl last year right he's playing for uh El Svenskin this year um he's playing the AHL last year not great numbers 887 sorry 889 so like th- like maybe because there's nothing in the pipeline where you're just like, well, we need a, a guy like Matt Murray. That's mm-hmm. maybe an argument, but you got Holberg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Someone just ripped one. It wasn't me. Hmm? <laughs> oh, throat. That might have been me. Okay, oh, yeah. Like I will leave it. <laughs> yeah, I will leave it for our listeners to just figure out exactly what that was. <laughs> and... And with that, we're just going to move over to the next topic here. And I think that's a nice stop there. We're going to bring it back. I think that's Anson's way of saying, hey, I want to talk about my team a bit more. Um, Max Domi and Josh Anderson. Sorry, you had something to say? Uh, Corey Schneider, Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard, Mike Condon, Aaron Dell. That's who's left on the market. Not great. And Michael Hutchinson. Yes. I'm, I love my goalies I catch right, so... Uh... Big fan of that, but that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, like let's let's talk about the trade for the Blue Jackets, Max Domi, um, and a draft pick for Josh Anderson. This is another one of those deals where I was just like, hold up, what? You're telling me they gave up a pick and Domi for Anderson, and Anderson got a seven year deal. You got a seven year deal. At five and a half million, I mean, like we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, Domi in a sec. But he got seven years, five and a half million dollars. Uh no modified no trade clause for every year except for this year. How the hell did they negotiate that? Like this is a guy who had twenty six games in last year and four points. Like Blue Jackets. He didn't play in the playoffs or the play-in, whatever you call it. 
And then if you look at, like, you'd say, well, he is a 47-point scorer in 82 games the year before. Okay, so let's say you have, he's a 50, 55-point guy at his peak. I think that's, I think that's reasonable, right? If he, he, you know, he is 26, like, he's coming into his peak now. You're telling me that a guy who scores 50, 55 points deserves a seven, needs a seven-year deal. Like, there was no discussion unless it was going to be a seven-year deal. Like, you, you, like unless he was saying, like, I'll sign a three-year deal for, like, $8 million. Like, this is one of those deals where I'm wondering, it's like, how long before they regret it, A? And B, is this one of those deals that, like, is so insane that it kind of dictates future deals in the sense is like, look, I have scored X amount of points this year. I deserve six, seven million dollars because my comparable is Josh Anderson. Is he a comparable contract now? Man, this contract screams David Clarkson. <laughs> Let's get tougher. Let's spend a big five mil for a for a big long time just to make that happen on a guy that you know injury history just kind of okay. Like you know, even at least Willie Nylander, as much as I hate him. Uh, you know, the guy could put up 60 points in his early years. It's, that's a lot more than 47. Um. <laughs> I think the worst, okay, this is going to sound bad, but like the worst of Nylander is probably not the peak of Anderson, but like a pretty good, like almost the ceiling, almost the ceiling of Anderson. Like the thing is like big, strong, tough wingers generally regress quicker right like you brought david clarkson i think of milan lucic like i don't know man like this is i feel like it's and they gave up a third too like i know a third isn't worth a lot like if we look at the grand scheme of things it could be a Braden point but no it's probably going to be nothing overall okay the reason why Braden point gets brought up that much is because there really isn't that many comparable no, really, <laughs> like who there there's not much but, like, let's be honest here. If we knew how those contracts are going to get signed and, you know, it was a third from the Blue Jackets and Josh Anderson from Max Domi, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a third and Josh Anderson from Max Domi. Yeah, that's what you texted me that because I, I was sleeping. When you texted me that, I thought that was we gave up Anderson and a third for Domi. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, no. We got Domi and a third. Yeah, because, like, okay, last year he had 71 games and 44 points. The year before, 82 games, 72 points. You know what? Like, I think maybe his peak is probably around 60 points. And that's reasonable, 60 points. 5.3 million. Somehow he makes less than the guy who scored four points last year. Let that sink in. The dude that had four points last year didn't, even, didn't play in the playoffs, got scratched for the playoffs. No, he's gonna paid more. Just, his shoulder wasn't. His shoulder was not. Shoulder wasn't okay. But it doesn't. It, I don't think. It, I think it doesn't really affect the point. The point here is somehow the dude who is the forward, right? I guess defensively you can argue a different story. The two forwards, the dude who scored and was less and played less games because he's injured, had a, got a longer deal, got paid more, and has a no trade clause. Which contract? do you think is going to be more painful to deal with in 2025? Josh Anderson or Shea Weber? 
which oh, that's of them a will hard they be one. eager to get out of there? <laughs> I think I think by twenty twenty five, they're just going to be like they're just sending out like Shea Weber, just like struggling on one leg up there. Like I think I could see them LTIring, LTI retiring Shea Weber. I could see that they just LTI retire him, but you can't LTI retire a guy who's like thirty, thirty one, right? Because the whole point is like Shea Weber. I think he finishes the deal and just, he's done, right? He probably just calls it a career. One, two, three, four, five. He has six more years left. He's thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't think he signed another massive deal. I think he just like calls it a career by the end of this, right? Or he goes like ring chasing, third line, whatever. Maybe, but like. If you look at Josh Anderson, he's got seven years, and at the seven years, he'll be 33. He's not even Shea Weber's age by then. <laughs> so I think, I think I would rather have the Shea Weber one, to be honest with you. He'll just Chris Pronger his way around the league, play for every team without playing? Yeah, I could see that. But you can't do that with a Josh Anderson. I think the better question is, is his contract going to be worse or Milan Lucic's contract going to be worse? Well, hang on. He hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> like, Milan Lucic has three more years. I, I get it. Like, so not right now, I guess, by the end of it. I, like, you could argue Milan Lucic is going to be worse because the cap hits larger, got a no movement clause and everything. So it could be worse. Don't get me wrong. But there is no way to look at this where it's not a great deal, right? Yes. Montreal did not get a steal. <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty, pretty sure. Yeah, especially losing Domi. Like, he lost the, I, I would argue, he lost the better player, too. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so speaking of steals, though. So, last year, I think the argument for the steals of the year was Kevin LeBanc, right? One year, one million. And then it became a joke where it was like, is he worth X amount of LeBanc's? You know, so it was signed for three million. Is he worth three LeBanc's? Right? And I had a conspiracy last year. I was like, this is probably just a handshake deal where this year he gets paid. And this year he does. Signed a four-year, $4.725 million contract. Didn't he get worse? He was cooking, though. He did not have a great year this year. Not not this year, but like he... I mean, the Sharks didn't as a whole, but he he looked pretty pretty solid. Um, like, you can see the, I guess, the potential. The He was a minus 33. Okay, but it was this year's Sharks. Yeah, but he was a minus 33. Like, it was not a great year. And, you know, usually you go like, oh, you know, if a player does better, they get a raise. and they get worse, they get a, like a pay cut, right? They got a massive raise. So he, my conspiracy I had last year was like, it's a handshake deal. Next year he gets paid, right? So, like, if you consider it, he gets 4.725 for next four years. And if you add this year's in, though, right? So if you know, you it makes a nineteen point nine over five years, so just about four million dollars. So basically twenty. I'm just gonna run. Yeah, it basically up. twenty for five years, so about almost four million dollars. That's not a terrible deal. No, I think like uh, so. I'm just really pushing this conspiracy since Jeffrey left, never lets me talk about conspiracies. And he's about what like point five guy kind of guy, like point every two games three games i don't know like his stats from 2018 19 like 56 points 82 games like that's you know that that's that, those are those are solid solid numbers for a young player coming in um 
like Ehlers, Nylander-esque. That's what I'm saying. Last year, you just say, you know what, look, Kevin, we're just going to pay you like shit and then make you make a longer deal. Because like, if it coming off the 2018-2019 season, you're like, I'm going to pay you $4 million for five years. That's a pretty good-looking contract, right? Like, and then last year it was like, oh, you know, he got paid one million, and everyone's like, what the fuck is that, right? I'm thinking like this is just a part of a continuation where I was just like, look, we're gonna sign you, we're gonna pay you this much, but we're just trying to like maneuver the cap space a little bit, so we're gonna handshake deal you. It was a five-year deal, is what it probably was, and it was supposed to probably average what, like four million over the course of the five years. But uh, they said, you know what, cap space implications—it's going to be one. <laughs> we need you to take one here, and and then here, here you go after that. Holy jump, dude! Their defense. Oh, uh, looks like we're going to be exploring their defense. All right, Anson, yeah. what do you got for me besides <laughs> the train wreck up at the top of their? Uh... Their pay chart for the defenseman. <laughs> oh, holy! Wait, we're talking about San Jose, right? <laughs> yeah, we are talking about San Jose. Okay, hang on. So I'm not, I'm just gonna look at their team. Couture, he's 31. One, two, three, four, five. That's seven more years that I can see for another eight million. Days. Yes. Holy. Yes. So uh, that's not the big concern to me. I'll be honest with you. I mean, my concern is looking at defense. They've got uh, seven more years of Eric Carlson, 11 and a half. They've got five more years of Brent Burns at 8 million, and he's 35. They've got six more years and a no movement clause on Vlasic. I feel like this is like a, like a gratitude paycheck for them. Oh, these are, these are the paychecks that kill dynasties. Like, if you look at the Kings, because again, I'm going to shove the Kings down our listeners' throats whenever we can. Um, if you look at Doughty, if you look at uh, Jeff Carter, if you look at Brown, if you look at Quick, these are the contracts that drag down the dynasty. But you kind of have to because, you know, these are your core guys. But, like, when I look at this, the first thing I, I see here is they are going to have to, like, pay, like, the Seattle to take Brent Burns, aren't they? They're going to have to give up, like, their first and, like, a prospect. So, so Seattle picks Brent Burns. Because, like, if you look at it, Carlson and Vlasic, are going to be protected. They, yeah. So, like, there's, you can still, you know, there's a lot of flexibility there, but the flexibility that they're going to have an issue with is cap space, right? Not ha- not picking players to be protected. It's the cap space. Like, next year, they have, what? They have $12 million next year, <laughs> and they need to resign Donato and uh, fill, in the, fill in the blanks, you know, have pick a backup goalie and everything. Like, you probably have, you're probably calling Seattle every other day and be like, hey, Seattle, do you want to take Brent Burns? What do you want for him? How many first rounders are we sending? Right? Like, that's probably the plan at this point, right? Yes, they're in big doo doo. Marty Jones, another 5.75 for another four years. <laughs> World class. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, speaking of, Lou Lamrell earlier. This is the type of deals where I'm just like, is is his front office of San Jose got another job lined up, and they're just like, burn it to the ground before we leave. I, they went for it. Like they, there was that period of time when they they were cup contenders, 
and they sent it like trying to add their their last minute pieces while uh while Timo and and LeBanc are on like the, the I guess entry levels and whatever but uh like they went for the moon and they just got they missed stuffed. right like you gotta tear this down like there's not much you can do with this right no now now you're stuck like <laughs> you went for it you knew this was gonna happen and <laughs> but they didn't they, they just don't have the cup to speak of <laughs> but here's the thing though you can tear it down but you're stuck with that defense the first one first deal that ends is 2025 with Brent Burns. Gross. I'd be hurt right now. Like, how are you tearing this down? Like, you know, usually when you tear it down, it's like, you know, the contracts go out. Like, you know, you leave. The bad contracts just eventually, you know, run their course. Like, the first bad contract that, and save 925? Like, LTIRM? Or no? I mean, he has to be hurt before he can LTR. You can't just like shove players elsewhere. Be like, I don't want you anymore. I'm done playing with you. Got a Lou Lamarillo them into the into the basement. Can you Robodas Island him? Yeah, but he has to be hurt first. Because like, okay, when you LTR a player, an independent doctor has to be like, yeah, he's hurt. He can't yeah. play. But James Van isn't... Riemsdyk, little ankle injury. 51 games missed. <laughs> they, they locked him up. <laughs> Just give him a little slap on the wrist. Wrist injury. Out for the season. LTIR for the next five years. Just just tell Burns that he has nice teeth. <laughs> okay, so that gets rid of one deal. The shortest deal. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> when you got Vlasic and Carlson, you can't just... It'd be awfully suspicious if somehow your LTIR had like... What is that? $26.5 million? <laughs> Weirdly suspicious. I mean, but, but manageable. <laughs> can do that. Doug Wilson's been the GM since 2003. Surely he can figure something out. Yeah, like get them to retire and then, like, like Robodaw, pay them their contract to be part of the coaching staff. So they get their money, but they don't count to the cap. But here's the thing, though. We. San Jose is one of those teams that, like, can pay to the cap, but, like, doesn't just rake in the cash either, right? Like, the Leafs can do that because the Leafs are like, look, can we have enough money to buy all the other teams? Yeah, like, <laughs> Robota, you want to be a $4 million coach? Yeah, sure, whatever. You can't go to Eric Carlson and be like, Eric Carlson, you want to be a $12 million coach? <laughs> I don't think that's gonna fly within the ownership. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. Oh my god! Like, if you were like, I don't know, like Devin Dubnik was like, "Do you want to LTR and pay two million for this coach?" I think ownership would be like, ah, "Fine, right? Like two million is fine, but you can't pay thirty million on your coaches. <laughs> <laughs> your coach is just like the GDP of a bunch of countries." <laughs> yeah combined you can't do that so i think you're, you're kind of stuck there right like you can't you can't really rebuild as long as you have three anchors there. you know the best part about this is like they already had the new cba it's like where it's like the max you can go is eight million and they're already doing eight million you mean eight year or eight years or yeah like the, that was like the the max years if it was like the old cba they'd be like carlson how long do you want to play for 43 okay 13 years sure 
Yeah, I could see someone dropping a 13-year contract. But I guess the question is, like, how many years before we get a compliance buyout? <laughs> because I feel like a lot of deals this year are going to be are compliant are going to be compliance buyouts eventually like like an anderson <laughs> um like put it this way i think if you look at it every couple of years we kind of get a compliance buyout because we're like guys we really we royally screwed this up <laughs> can we collectively just fix this and the entire league goes yeah dude i screwed up too let's just compliance buyout <laughs> And it, and the worst part about this is if you get a compliance buyout, let's say three years from now, you go, which one of the three am I compliance buying out? Which one? That's <laughs> the million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, like, and you know, you still pay your players, so is ownership even going to let you buy out, let's say, you know, eight million dollars of Brent Burns? Or they're going to be like, look, Martin Jones, we'll pay him, but like only for one more year. A fine, we'll, we'll let you compliance buy out Martin Jones. This is a mess of a team. <laughs> but speaking about goalies who are aging and had signed a long-term deal after one good season, we got to talk about Jacob Markstrom. Signing that nice 6 by 6 which he, I'll be honest with you, not as bad as I thought it'd be. Like, I get it. The term is probably where you know it's going to be a bit of a pain, but $6 million for him, not terrible. And it's a little bit more buyout-proof where it's, He's got the, he's loaded up on signing bonuses, but it is later on in the year, and sorry in the in the contract. But six by six from Markstrom, I'm sorry, that's a little pretty good. It's better than what I thought it'd be. You know, if you look at his track record, he's you know, thirty. He's this year was great. Pardon? He's thir- he's only thirty. He's not thirty three. Yeah, so like you know, thirty six for goalie is not ideal. I feel like, but it's not terrible. But, right? Like look at. They yeah, Lundqvist. Yeah, they can yeah, play. The age, kind of okay, I think. Yeah, and I, I, with all the goalies out there, I thought you know someone would be one to pay him. Like, Brain Holtby almost got five million dollars, which for me is like, I, I get why the Canucks didn't do it and took a Brain Holtby instead. Where it's like, well, you kind of just if you sign a six year deal, it kind of just goes like, hey Demko, we're going to trade you, right? Demko, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, right. It's so like right now they have. Two years, and I guess in two years, Demko will be a full-time starter, DPH will be a backup and everything. So I get it. So, like, I think a lot of people are not happy about what they did with Markstrom, but I, I get it. Um, But 6x6, six six, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like I should feel like it's a pretty good deal, but, like, I don't know. I guess, like, he was, he was pretty hyped up. Uh, I remember more than once hearing how he's the best goalie in the world watching her. Canadian streams in uh, during the playoffs. Um, of course, Patterson also the, the greatest uh, forward in the league, and Quinn Hughes the greatest defense. They, they should be amazing for for many years in Vancouver. Um, but I mean, it's it's a that's a for sure thing. Like number one, a kind of goalie, Markstrom. You'd think, like unless he falls off a cliff, um, but he, he certainly looked like he's had the stuff to be a a number one goalie and has the stuff. So I don't mind the contract. We'll see how he ages, but yeah, I think goalies, they, they start later and they end later typically with age. So it shouldn't be too, too bad. I guess from an optic standpoint right now. So I've got a question for you guys though. This is actually a question on the Twitter of David Staples, one of the bloggers, I believe for the Oilers. Uh, I think he also writes the Edmonton Journal or used to. 
Um, who would you rather have? Mike Smith for one year at $2 million or Jacob Markstrom at six years for $6 million? For what team? Um, which goalie or contract just in general? I'd take Markstrom, to be honest. I think Mike Smith has had his run. Um, like, I, I can't see you trying to, you know, and I think Calgary has the right pieces in place. Like, they, they have a nice-looking team on paper, adding Tanev. Um, like, I, I think if you're trying to, to go places, Mike Smith is not the answer for your number one goalie. Well, he's not, right? The number one goalie is uh, Kudobin. Not Kudobin. Um, le- uh, what's his name? It's not Kudobin. Koskinen. That's where it is. Because Koskinen signed for a couple more years at, what, four and a half? Yeah, exactly. And and would I say that Edmonton is in a better goalie situation than Calgary right now? Probably not. Like I, I just think Markstrom's like just like the same way uh, you know the same way you like bringing up the kings and like bringing up the leafs like freddie anderson is just just a guy you know he's going to be your number one goalie and that's what markstrom is probably going to be you just you just know he's your guy um i would yeah you know i'd go with markstrom i'm just looking at next year's goalie class it's rask rene anderson bennington uh, Allen is Benning, is Bennington a UFA or RFA? UFA. Okay, so Bennington is going to be like the the prize there because let's be honest, Rask has basically said, "I'm retiring." Right? Or I Boston. at the end of this. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's basically he's either going back to Boston or he's retiring. Um, so I don't I don't think he's really I wouldn't even consider a free agent as in like <laughs> if he doesn't get it he's retired he's cool with retiring. Anderson, ooh, what thirty nine year old Anderson? <laughs> no, 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 no. Frederick Anderson. Freddie. Oh, Freddie. Freddie Anderson. Okay, so he's. I guess he'd also be considered the top prizes. Freddie and Bennington, Allen, Dubnik, Rantna. Okay, Rantna. don't put don't put Allen and Dubnik in the same class as Anderson and Bennington. Oh, no, no, no. That's the UFA list. That's next year. Oh, okay, so I'm I'm looking at that. I'd rather take Markstrom over potentially signing one of these guys. I'd say any of them. Yeah, like. Bennington's going to have to relearn how to stop a beach ball uh, if he's going to get paid, I think. He had one of the probably the most ca- catastrophic playoff performances we've seen in, in, in some time. But one of the first things I did notice was if we look at uh, the Oilers, their average goalie age on the roster is 35. <laughs> Koskinen's 32. Mike Smith's 38. old. What? He came over late. He played, uh, played in KHL, was it, I think? He played in Europe for a long time. So he is a bit older. Like, he, yeah, he played in Liga, played in the KHL. Yeah. He's a bit older. Um, and, you know, speaking of the Oilers, okay, I'm going to have to defer to our Leafs fan in residence, Daniel here. 375 for Tyson Berry. That's that's okay. So I was told that's not bad, but I'm also like, because like of the deals time, but I'm also like Tyson Berry, yeah, doesn't really play defense. The man got a raise. Like, what do he did? He, <laughs> he didn't get a raise. He didn't get a raise. What was his the Leafs were pretty, or I guess he just retained very little yeah, they of it. Redeemed. Yeah, he made five and a half last year. Okay, that's more like it. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I don't know what they're trying to do, like trying to take all these, take a playbook out of the Leafs style of play. Like, you know, not Tyson Berry is not the answer. I mean, 
I, I guess they're banking a whole lot on, you know, Larson, Clefbaum, Nurse, Bear to hold down the fort defensively, but, you know, not one of those guys, I would say, is, you know, like like a really, really, really solid defensive defenseman. Okay, but hear me out. What if you win games 9-8? <laughs> and that's what they're hoping for, Tyson Berry. I mean, I mean, I, who, what do you think? Do you think Clefbaum's going to take the power play? I think it'll be Berry's turn. Like, Clefbaum's not, not like super, super elite offensive defenseman. He just gets a lot of points by passing the puck to Mr. McDavid. Um, whereas I think Tyson's got a bit more, bit more zip on the, like his passing ability, his shooting ability should have been a whole lot better than it was with the Leafs, but that's uh, uh, just a waste of a <laughs> waste of money, honestly. <laughs> like what the their fifth? What's he gonna be? He's gonna play third pair, right? Like probably. Um, well, you your first pair is probably Nurse and Larson, right? Clefbaum, Larson, probably, and then Nurse and you know they they really like Bear for most of the season, especially in a defensive role. I can't see them putting Barry ahead of Ethan Bear. Uh, like on a, so, yeah, like the, the man's going to be playing third pair. Chris Russell and Tyson Bear, I think it would, be, it would make a nice match, though. One plays a much more defensive, but one just kind of likes to play offense. It's not terrible. I, I don't think it's as bad as you make it sound to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I guess it looks better when Shattenkirk gets the same amount of money. And then you'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably take Barry over Shattenkirk. That's that's definitely right. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Stanley Cup champion Shattenkirk, though. But uh, so he can do whatever the heck Rangers he wants. are paying him six million this year to not play for him. They're paying him six point oh eight million to not play this year. Can I have like a percentage of that? One <laughs> percent. Yes, you Tell can. Him. That's the dream, man. I'm telling you, the dream if I ever became an NHL player was to get bought out on a massive deal and just live off that money for the rest of my life. <laughs> that is the dream. Um, so, I mean, like, oh, the Oilers, I don't know. I, I'm just going to put it And if you want it, you want it. Especially, like, his role is power play specialist. Did they need help on the power play? No. They're number one. Like... Just keep just keep rolling Clef Bomb and when he gets hurt, roll roll nurse and you still have the number one power play in the league. It's the only thing Barry brings to the table. And they're already the best. So just like get a get a guy, get a scrubsy defensive player for seven hundred K, one million, and then you know, use that money to, to give uh, Mr. McDavid a, a winger. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna point this out right now. Well, I have the chance. Uh, I don't know if Clefbaum's playing this season. Pardon? He, uh, there's a, it was mentioned the other day that he, he's been dealing with like arthritis for the past several years. And Ken Holland's like, he probably won't be ready for the start of this season and could be out this entire year. No, that's interesting. Um, but we heard Daniel say it basically was insane that he got a raise right thinking that tyson berry got a raise on his previous deal like dim he made five and a half million but there is a team out there according to tsn that offered him a raise so a team offered him six million dollars don't know the term no we don't know who it is but someone offered him six million and you can't be like well it's term he signed a one-year deal 
So even if it's a one-year, six million dollar, a team was willing to give him six million dollars. I mean, that would only make sense if you're able to do half years for term. <laughs> In this market, ooh, I, I don't know. I, I must I, have been somewhere pretty bad if he said no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I, according to him, I believe there was a an intrigue to play with Edmonton. I mean, playing with McDavid probably is pretty cool. It's probably just like, hey, you want to play with the best player in the world? Sure, why not? Yeah, like, what if we just have five forwards on on the power play? How badly is he going to get rinsed in practice by McDavid and Dreisaitl? Will he be a, like, what will be more effective, him or a pylon against those two? that's harsh. (laughs) That's harsh. All right, um, so we've come in on an hour and a half, and Jeffrey's going to cry when he finds out we took an hour and a half that he has to, to clean up. Um, one last thing before we, we go to some final things. Pool party's returning. <laughs> Pool party is back, I believe. Yes, he is. Um, Jesse Pugliarvi, I believe, signed with the Oilers. Um, two-year deal. One point change. One point one. One point two. Yeah, one point change. Um, is this the winger that you you mentioned, Daniel? That's the question. That's what they thought when they drafted him. And the answer is no. It's not. Kyler Yamamoto is the answer. I just want to point out that Kyler Yamamoto is one of those speedy small wingers that Cal Dubas loves. Oh, does he ever? What if you just offer him to Dubas? What would you give you? Probably what the largest player on the team. He probably has a sort by. Oh, you can have Lettinen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2.35 million over two years, so 1.175. That's not, that's not bad. That's like, a pretty nice contract. Like, let's be honest here. If you look at his skill in Europe, he's crushing it, right? Like, last season in Finland, he had 53 points in 56 games. This year, he has four points in three games. Small sample size this year. I get it. But last year, 53 points in 56 games. And a league known for developing goalies and defense. Liga. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, so, I guess the final topic I have for you guys is this year... So you guys are big fantasy guys. Like, so for our listeners who don't know, I'm terrible at fantasy, and these guys kind of just crush me every year. Um, so which signing are you most excited for fantasy-wise? Which signing are you least excited for fantasy-wise? Oh, fuck me. I got to look at this. I will start first. I'm most excited for Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, just because I feel like it's such a intriguing deal because I think he's probably going to play third, second line. I I just, because his cap it's so small, I think they might just give him a few more chances. Um, Especially since for a two-year. The one I'm least excited for, probably Josh Anderson. I think most of our listeners this year have have heard of this episode. I'm not a fan of that deal. I I just think they may have screwed up their cap a little bit for that. Um, So, those are my two picks. 
Wow, that's some good. That's that is some good hot takes. I, I would get on the bandwagon of the Edmonton Oils. Uh, Tyson Berry, pretty much. Uh, I mean, he was pretty fantasy relevant towards the back half of the season. They finally put him on the PP. He'll be even more so if and when uh, he's put on the Edmonton PP. Um, but you just never know with Edmonton. They juggle those lines faster than a blender. So even like Pulley, RV, Yamamoto, they're fantastic when they're playing with the big boys and absolute like zeros across the board when they're not. Um, so you just never know with Edmonton. Worst fantasy-wise, Matt Murray. He is going to be collecting a whole lot of goals against <laughs> and not a lot of wins in every single one of his starts <laughs> for the next many years. <laughs> All right. Last but not least. Can I go like off the board and go with uh Oh yeah, give me a Svinikov. Vinny Hinos Stroza. Okay. One year, one million. What is it? Yep. The Kev- the Kevin LeBanc special. He's the LeBanc. Yeah, he's the LeBanc of this year. He's a Florida. Okay. Like, you can't. It's hard to go wrong with that. He can play with Barkov, maybe. Whoever whoever they have over there, I think that's. It's like a low risk kind of signing for them. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic for him. Mm-hmm. Um. Worst deal. Whoops. Oh, Jack Johnson. I think I think uh, Jack Johnson at one million. I don't think it's actually that bad, to be honest with you. It's it's a cam or it's a one point one five for Jack Johnson. You can bury that, and you really only take like what like a two hundred thousand dollar cap hit. I think I was gonna say Murray. Honestly, it's just it's hard to wrap my head around what four years, twenty five million for a guy who hasn't been that good in the regular season. Okay. Um, you know what? I got a spicy take for you guys. I think someone who's going to over go above and beyond. I think Leah Anderson. I think now that he's out of that team in a good place, can play winger. Um, he's going to play in the NHL. I feel like next year, I think Leah Anderson is going to be spicy. Fifty points, Leah Anderson. Fifty. Fifty points. I'm going to be. But like the Rangers. super spicy. The Rangers are such a good young kind of team that. But like, he why? hasn't played for the Rangers in the last couple of years. He he refused. He just left. But like, why wouldn't they want to throw him in? Like when they're building like a good young core, like I mean, he around. He refused to play for them. He refused. He refused. legendary move. Power move, but but this is the same guy who got a silver medal and tossed it into the stands. Oh, that was him. That yeah. is another hero move. So I maybe not fifty. I'll go forty, but a spicy move at forty. Yeah, but he's with the Kings now, ain't he? He is. All right, and with that, um, any any last words? Anything you want to promote about your 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 Instagrams or Twitters or whatever you got going on? Oh, anyone follow me? Screw that. <laughs> any you know like? Nope. Okay, Daniel, what do you got? No, I've got no spicy to meatballs at uh, towards the end. Follow Anson all right. on all of his social media stuff. All right. So uh, for, <laughs> for me, I guess just same usual. I'll say it on behalf of Jeffrey too. Wash your fucking hands, children. You guys are disgusting. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. 
And uh, if you're American, just go freaking vote, man. Um, and besides that, love y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.